Man, today I've got good news. Uh, this whole message, it's, it's like 26 minutes of good news. But I'm not 100% sure y'all are ready for it yet. Uh, because I was back there and I was kind of watching worship and some people looked like, you know, they were just kind of here and going through the motions. So here's what I want you to do. Turn to whoever's sitting next to you or, you know, someone else, you're sitting by yourself and say, I've got good news for you today. So go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You feel it? Yes. Okay. This is going well. I feel like this is going well. Okay. Or is everybody doing it? I can't see everybody. everybody. Okay, good. Okay, now I want you to do this. I want you to look at the person next to you and fake laugh. <laughs> That's actually my real laugh. <laughs> Does that feel good? Ah, ah. You know what that feels like? Good news. Got good news today. And my hope is uh, that what happens in here resounds out there. Uh, my hope is that, that when this gathering is done, uh, y'all don't leave like, well, I sure hope we can get to East End. But that y'all, like, like that y'all leave like inmates who've been set free from prison and the door is kicked open and you're running out there and you're like, oh, I can't wait. So excited. So full of good news. Too many Christians are like inmates and, and the, the jail is open and they're just still sitting in there, you know, making their prison coffee or whatever. Like, uh. The doors are open. Run. And so that's, uh, that, that's what I'm, this is good news. Here's what I know. This is in the Bible. If you're happy and you know it. No, not that part. That part's good. That was really good though. I like that part too. If you're happy and you know it, then your face should surely show it. Walk around telling me, I got good news for you. It's not good news. I'm scared now. Like, smile, people. Smile. We are God's people in the world. There is good news. And today we're going to embrace it, and our worship will be our joy. And uh, I'll probably cry because I do that. But it's good news. Like, if you leave here today and you're mad at me, then you're just an angry, evil person who doesn't like good news. <laughs> this is good news. Listen to this. This is Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth. That's good news. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be th thrown out and trampled under. Okay, that's not really good news, but let's. It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. That's good news. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. No. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You're the light of the world. Like, you are the light of the world. Some of you are like, really? Yeah, you are. You're the salt of the earth. Y'all know what salt does? It makes things better. Do you know why McDonald's is better than Wendy's? Because they put tons of salt on their fries. Now, I would like to dip a McDonald's fry in a Wendy's Frosty. But McDonald's fries are way better than Wendy's because they're full of salt. Imagine you went to McDonald's and you got their fries and you poured salt all over it. And then you put it in your mouth and you're like, this tastes like Wendy's. Would you be happy about that? Of course not. Because salt makes things better. And if salt doesn't make things salty, you know what it is? White dirt. <laughs> Sand. <laughs> it's nothing. And so if we're not making the world better, then what good are we? 
Where we go, there should be joy. Where we go, there should be peace. Where we go, there should be energy. Where we go, there should be healing. Where we go, there should be hope. Where we go, the world should get better. That's what we do. We bring joy to the world. And some of us have forgotten how to do that. But don't worry, in the next 24 minutes, you're going to get it back. <laughs> Y'all ever heard the term the gospel? What's that mean? Anyone know what the gospel means? Good news. Don't you like telling people good news? I, I read this statistic, and uh, by the way, 84% of statistics are made up. But I read this statistic, and it was from uh, Kerry Newoff, who does this little podcast deal. And he said that um, 82% of people would go to church if they were invited by someone. And roughly 2% of Christians actually invite someone to church. And if you don't believe that, ask yourself, when's the last time you invited someone to church? <laughs> It's hard, right? But we've got this good news, and we should want to share it. I think part of the problem is maybe you went to a church where the good news sounded something like this. Everybody but you is going to hell. And you're like, that's good news. <laughs> that's good news if you're mean and if you hate people. Or maybe you grew up in a church where the good news was every week, you're probably going to hell again. Like every time you showed up, it was like they tried to scare the hell out of you, and that was the good news. <laughs> right? Is that good news? Is that really good news? I think there's better news than that. I think there's better news than just, you know, I'm not going to hell. I think there's better news that we can take to the world than, hey, you're probably going to hell and you're not, and you're not, and we're going to pick and choose. I mean, what? I think there's good news, news that we can get excited about, news that we should love to tell. And so today we will remember the good news. And we're going to do it using a good song. Today's song is Oh Holy Night. Y'all know that one? It goes like this. <clears throat> Key of e. I wish I had a pitch pipe so bad. I'm not going to sing it. Oh Holy Night. The stars are brightly shining. I want to sing it so bad. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and air. Pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Isn't that good news? Like, even when I sing it, it's still good news. Do y'all know the story of this song? You don't. I'm going to share it with you. I Googled it this week. Here it is. This song was written in 1847 in France, okay? It was written by a man named Placido Capel de Rajan. <laughs> I, I really have no idea what this guy's name is, and it's written in my notes. It's a lot of syllables. Um, so he was a poet, all right? That's, that's what he was. He was a poet. He was also the commissioner of wine in France. And so, yeah. And so some of you are like, yeah, that's cool. So the, 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 this Catholic priest was going to have a mass that night, and he wanted a new song. And so he goes to this poet, who's the commissioner of wine, and says, will you write me a new song? Okay? And so the guy writes a song about Jesus. Interesting side note, he's a socialist who, do, who does not believe in Jesus. 
And so he writes this socialist, and socialism in France was about as popular as it is in East End right now, all right? Socialism was not a super popular thing in France at the time. And so this socialist who does not believe in Jesus writes this song, and then he takes it to his friend, because he's written a poem, he takes it to his friend to put music to it. The friend he takes it to is a non-Christ-believing Jewish composer. So the socialist who doesn't believe in Jesus takes the song to the Jewish man who doesn't believe in Jesus to have him write a hymn. He writes it, brings it back to the priest. The priest sings it that night in church. People love it. The song begins to make its way around France until the leaders, at this point in France, church and state were united. I mean, it was pretty much the same thing. The, the, the government of France finds out that O Holy Night is written by a socialist atheist and a non-Christ-believing Jewish man. So they outlaw the song in France. France, it's the strongest thing the French have ever done. They banned the song in France. All right. It continues to be sung, right? Outlawed hymns are being sung underground in France. Eventually, it makes its way to America. When an abolitionist, a man who's trying to fight against slavery in the United States, hears the song. And this part of the song resonates with him. Truly, he taught us to love one another. His gospel is peace. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break for the slave is our brother. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. So this guy hears this song. He's fighting slavery. He, he, uh, he uh, translates it into English, sends it out. A few years later, they, they begin, Thomas Edison, one of his buddies, figure out how to, how to put radio waves over the air. This was the first song ever carried over radio waves in the United States. So the world heard this. Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother. In his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. Written by two people who didn't believe in Jesus, outlawed in France, comes across as part of the battle against slavery, becomes the first song on American radio. And why do I tell you this? Because this is the rest of the story. No, that's not why. I tell you this for two reasons. The first reason is this. The gospel cannot be stopped. And the second reason is this. It's not the vessel that makes the news good. It's the news that makes the vessel good. And that's good news for me. And, and I think you're going to see that's good news for you. Because it is not your worth that makes the message worthy. It's the message that makes us worthy. That, that, that's what happens. It's so good. I love this. Let me explain. Let's use the Christmas story. That seems fitting. Luke 2, 8. This always reminds me of Charlie Brown. And there we're in the same country. Shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to, I want you all to catch this word right here, all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, as if 
This wasn't a sign unto them. This shall be a sign unto you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth goodwill and peace to men. I like this. You may tell you why I like this. Do y'all know shepherds weren't like the, um, the top of the social ladder in ancient Israel? They were actually the outcast. Uh, they weren't allowed in the temple because their proximity to animals made them, uh, they were defiled because they had like sheep poop on their feet, right? And so they, they weren't even allowed in the temple. Um, shepherds were lowly men. They spent their lives alone, desolate. Uh, they weren't, well, if, if you weren't allowed in the temple, you couldn't do business in most of the shops. So the shepherds were the outcasts of the outcast, the thrown away. And here they are out doing their shepherding. They're all sitting around. I picture them just kind of sitting around in a circle, you know, trying to, I don't know, scrape the poop off their shoe or whatever. And they're just sitting there. And, and all of a sudden, they look up and there's an angel. Behold! And they're like, what? It says, the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid because all this light, they thought it was the cops. They thought all the light was the cops. They're like, put it out, get rid of it. Go, go, get rid of it. The Where's all this light coming from? And so this angel comes to the shepherds who are the out, not even allowed in the church, and he says, I've got good news for you. And they're like, no one has good news for us. None of God's people bring us good news because we're outcasts. Because we're not good enough for the church. Because we're defiled. Because you don't know who I am. You don't know my past. You don't know what I do. You don't know my desires. You don't know my thoughts. There can't be good news for you. But the angel says, I've got good news for all people. Even you shepherds. Even those with poop on their feet. I've got good news for you. And then it, and then it says, then a whole bunch of angels appeared. Don't you know the shepherds are like, oh, this is overkill. You had us with the first angel. We don't need 80 or 90 of you guys. And so listen to what happens next. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, we should probably go to Bethlehem. <laughs> we should see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. So the angels come. They find the most unlikely of human beings in the world, the last people God should have appeared to when he shows up at earth, and they say, we've got good news for you. Shepherds say, all right, let's go. Verse 16, and so they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known around the room the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they had heard, and all that heard it, wondered at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. Who's the mouthpiece of God in this story? The shepherds. Strange vessel. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told to them. The shepherds had an interaction with Jesus and it resounded everywhere they went. God chose these men, these outcasts, these throwaway, and it wasn't the quality of the men that made the message good. It was the quality of the message that made the men good. It wasn't about them. It wasn't about where they'd been. It wasn't about what they were doing. It was a message so amazing that God could give it to the most lowly of vessels and use those vessels to change the world. And that's good news. 
Jesus didn't find worthy people and tell them about Jesus. He found the unworthy people and gave them his presence. And through his presence, they found their worth. Their worth came when they found Christ. Listen, the message of Christ is not reserved for good people. It's a message that makes people like us good. So this is the key to the story. I think that in Oh Holy Night, let's go back to that song. Oh Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Y'all know what pining means? That's not a word we use very often. Anyone know what pining means? Like wanting desiring, like, like a deep, almost painful desire for something, right? You're like, you're pining. It said, long lay the world in sin and error pining. It was a world that knew it was broken, a world that was desiring restoration, a world that knew it had lost its joy, it lost its peace, it lost, its, and it was desiring something more. And but because it knew it was desiring something it did not have, the soul did not feel worthy. The soul did not feel worthy. And then it says, until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. I love that. If you're here today and you feel unworthy, that's okay. But I want you to know this. In the presence of Christ, your soul has worth. Your soul has worth in the presence of God. Christ appeared and their soul felt its worth. And that is good news. The good news is the good news makes you worthy. The good news gives you worth. And it doesn't matter where you've been or what you... And I hope I'm talking to someone today, one person who believes that they have outsinned God's ability to heal them, who believe that they are the one person that has no value, that has no worth, the one person who believes that life isn't even worth living, I want you to know this. God gives you worth, and in his presence, you are of great value. Your soul has worth in the presence of God. And I know this is a hard season, and I know you've been through some stuff, and I know it seems tempting to give up, but your soul has worth. And in the presence of God, you have an identity and a family, and you have value, and it doesn't matter what the church told you, and it doesn't matter what your parents told you, and it doesn't matter what I have told you, and it doesn't matter what the world has told you, or what you've done, or that desire, or that sin, or that past, or that pain. You have value in the presence of God. You have value. You are valuable to the King. You are valuable to the king. It is not the vessel that makes the story valuable. It's the story that makes the vessel valuable. You know how many times I've come up here to preach and paused because of some sin I was dealing with in my life? Some desire, some thought, some impatience. You know how many times God has corrected me and said, I'm sorry, I didn't know it was your value that made my story good. You just be obedient. I'll make the story good. It's not about you, Tommy. It's not about you. It's not about us. He's always the hero of this story. You feel lonely. You feel anxious. You feel left out, outcast. The king came for you. The king came for you. And he came to give your life value and worth. He came to be present in you so that the world might experience his presence through you. You know what we've done for the last two years? We have let the world divide the church. 
We let the world put us in camps. We let the world divide us into this people and that people. And the truth is, it does not matter what camp you are in, you have value in the kingdom of God. We gotta quit fighting their fight. They keep roping us into their fight. They keep dragging us in. That's not our battle. This is our battle. Our battle is to tell the good news to the world, and the good news is the world has worth in the presence of the king. And he's a savior for all people. All people, the people you like, he came to save. The people you don't like, he came to save. The people who act like you and dress like you, he came to save all people. Every single person that will bow their knee to Christ will find salvation in the arms of the king. Everyone. We got to get this right. We got to get it right now. We've got to get this right now. This church will not be divided by politics. This church will not be divided by disease. We will unite around the fact that every single soul in the world has worth in the presence of the king. And so we will treat every soul with respect and dignity because that is how the king has treated us. And in that, the world will see the good news. I think it'll be a lot more fun than scaring the hell out of everybody too. How should this feel? How should this good news feel to you? You know, this is how it should feel to you right here. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. Hey, do me a favor, shut your eyes. Shut your eyes for just a second. Just shut your eyes, it's okay. No one's gonna steal your purse. And if they do, they needed it more than you did. All right, raise your hand if you're weary. Raise your hand if you're weary. Oh, yes, all right, keep your hand up, keep your hand up, listen to this. Matthew eleven twenty eight. come to me, all you who are weary. He doesn't say get away from me. He doesn't say get clean first. He doesn't say get better first. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I am gentle, and I'm humble at heart, and you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Gosh, didn't that put your hand in? Doesn't that sound good? You're, you're already tired from holding your hand up that long. You're that weary. Doesn't that sound good? Come to me. I will give you rest. Y'all remember the story of the prodigal son? Any, any of you guys know that story? If you don't, man, Google it. Go read it. But the son comes home, and the father doesn't say, where have you been? I want you to go in there and get a shower. I want you to wash off all the gambling and prostitution and everything. Then I want you to... No, when the father sees the son, he runs to him and hugs him. His first comment isn't, where have you been? His first comment is, welcome home. I feel like we could learn from that this Christmas. I feel like our first comment to the world needs to be not get cleaned up and then come in here. Our first comment needs to be welcome home. You know, I, I was writing this message and, and I don't know, I thought maybe, maybe someone will give their life to Christ today. Maybe. And if they do, I think you need to know that you gave your life to Christ today based on a message on a song that was written by an atheist socialist <laughs> and a non-believing Jew that was banned in France that made its way across the ocean into America, that was picked up by an abolitionist, that became the first song played over American radio, that found its way into a whole bunch of books, that Rachel and Dusty decided they were going to sing this week, that I wrote a sermon on, that resonated with you, and that you found Jesus. Don't you tell me Christ isn't looking for you. Because he's come a long way to get to where he is. He's come a long way. Because the truth cannot be stopped and it's not the vessel that makes the truth good. It's the truth that makes the vessel good. We got to get this. Think about, the, think about the amount of things that had to line up to get to where we are right now.
That's what Dr. Strange would do if he was lying and everything. What should our response be today? What should our response be to all of this? What should our response be to the good news? First off, it should be a smile. Matter of fact, y'all practice that for just a second. Some of us need a little practice. It's good. Some of you are scared. It's okay. The second thing we do is this, and it says it in the song. It says, fall on your knees. Fall on your knees. The most God-honoring thing you can do today is humble yourself in front of the Lord. And I, ho- I hope someone takes this literally. Like maybe during this last song, when we sing it, maybe one of you will fall on your knees and repent of the sin in your life. Repent of the way we have judged other people. Repent of the way we have walked away when we should have helped. Repent of the way we have turned our back on the people who need us because they didn't act like us, talk like us, or think like us. Repent of the division that we have caused in this world. Some of us need to repent. I'm on that train. I need to repent for the time I have wasted. I need to repent for half-hearted worship. I need to repent for not giving God everything I had because God gave me everything he had. Maybe someone else. Maybe you just need to fall on your knees for the first time. Not because you're repenting of anything, but because you are receiving for the first time that the king of the world is madly in love with you. And you're not here by accident. You didn't stumble into the 1030 at 24300 Highway 167 by accident today. It's been a long time God's been preparing for this meeting with you. And he prepared it through a socialist and an atheist and a country that banned the song, and American radio, and an abolitionist, and a crazy staff, and a silly pastor. He's come a long way to connect with you today. Maybe you go home today and fall on your knees. Maybe you get alone with God and you fall on your knees. My my old boss told me something. I'll never forget this. Simon Lee. Simon, if you're watching, I love you, man. You were a good dude. And um, Simon told me, Simon, you're a good dude, but I have to edit what you told me because I'm going to share it in church. Uh, Yeah, this is a safe way. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, He said, other people might believe your lies, but don't ever start believing your own lies. Other people might believe the poop on your shoe, but don't you ever start to believe the poop on your shoe. You know what I mean? Like, don't start to believe your own Remember who you are. Remember who you are apart from Christ. Remember who you were. Remember who you would be had the king of the world not come into your life and woke you up. Remember how you felt. Remember the weight of your sin. And then receive that those things have been removed from you. And take that newly found freedom to embrace someone who still feels what you felt. Fall on your knees. Remember who you are. Remember who you were. I know who I would be apart from Christ, but I am not apart from Christ. Neither are you. That's the good news. Fall on your knees and hear the angels' voices. God so loved the world that he gave his son that people like you and I would not ever be in a world without God. Amen? Amen. God, I thank you.
Thank you for who you are. God, please don't let my worship be half-hearted. Whatever's 100% for me, God, let it be for you. God, please don't let me walk away from this moment today without getting honest with the king of the world. If that means I need to fall on my knees, then God, put me on my knees. God, I'm, it troubles my soul how many times I will go through Christmas without ever falling on my knees in front of Christ. We want to walk around and make comments on the morality of the world as if you put us here to be the world's hall monitors. I think a better use of our time today would be falling on our knees in front of the king. God, I have no worth apart from you. But because I'm next to you, my soul has worth. It's as though you, you have taken your value and somehow transposed it or placed it on me by no act of ours just through faith in you you have given us your glory God I know who I am apart from you but I'm not apart from you and in your presence my soul has worth and so does every single soul that will ever be in my presence it does not matter what they believe, what they think, what they do. Their soul has value to you, and they will never see you through me until I treat them as a valuable soul. And so, God, give me the strength to love those I don't even like. Give me the strength to, to be obedient to you on the days when it doesn't make sense. Give me the strength to smile in days of pain. Strength to have joy when joy makes no sense to have hope when hopelessness is all around me, to have peace when peace is so far away. Give us the strength to be you in the world. Fall on our knees in front of you. Humble ourselves in front of you. The, the, the word of God should not puff us up and make us conceited and arrogant. The word of God should bring us to our knees because you have been so good to us. And this is the good news. God, help us to be agents of change in this world. We are the ones who bring the good news. So let the world hear the good news through us. I love you, Jesus, and I trust you. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.
Christ was born.